Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but... If you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's clearly a depressing time for all of us here, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm going to go try and lift my spirits later tonight at Boomer Jack's. It is a great spot to cool off with cool drink specials and affordable eats. Uh, we're so happy to have them here sponsoring us here at Love of the Star. Uh, it's a great space whether you know you need to go have happy hour with coworkers or you and the boys want to go out and get some drinks and, and hang out, or if you're just looking for a spot for the family to hang out and have a nice night out, that's the spot, Boomer Jacks. I'm telling you, you're going to want to go there. Uh, wall-to-wall TVs, there's live music, there's games. Everybody will be happy no matter what kind of setting you're looking for. Boomer Jacks can fill that void. Cool off with cold drink specials starting at $3. It's easy on your wallet. You know, it's a tough time with inflation, but Boomer Jacks has you covered. 17 DFW locations. Find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, so that is the uh, status update on your quarterback and, and where his injury stands. Uh, let's talk about more the game itself, and, and we've already kind of addressed a little bit some of the offensive stuff, I and mean, we'll go deeper into it here. Um, but But since we've focus some attention there uh let's talk about the defense a little bit of bend but don't break from them last night um I think if you want to look at 
you know, I, I don't think anybody stood out as being really awful, except there was one player. That, I thought Trayvon Diggs played a really bad game yesterday. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to go that way, so go ahead and finish that thought. You and had. and sure look, a pretty good one. I, I mean, you know, Mike Evans got him turned around a little bit. There, there were a couple times where he got caught in coverage, and his run defense, man, he is... He has very little interest in in you know playing run support. It feels like at times, and and it's bad angles and it's lack of effort. And uh, you know, look, a lot of great corners in the past have been guys who don't want to play run defense. Deion Sanders was notorious for it. Um, but you know, we had a guy here in Dallas uh, about 15 years ago, Mike Jenkins, who had the same problem. Uh, but but Trayvon Diggs, they. They were running the ball right at him. Of course, you mentioned the Buccaneers had a lot of success on the ground yesterday. Leonard Fournette, 21 carries, 127 yards. Uh, the Buccaneers pick up nine first downs on the ground, 152 rushing yards total. Um, Brian, I, 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 I kind of, I mean, we obviously know there were issues with Diggs and and you know what he did in run support, and you know the the I, I think the Buccaneers did a good job blocking things up. Uh, one of the things that I felt like, and I have a better idea of this looking back at, at the tape this morning, but one of my first inclinations, and I'm interested to see what you think about this and if you see it on tape when you watch the game back this morning, did you feel like Byron Leftwich, the, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, did a pretty good job of, of drawing up some plays that were going to give them some favorable math in terms of blockers? Because I felt like there were just a lot of instances where they had hat on a hat, and as long as it was blocked up, they were going to be able to get it. There weren't a lot of you know loaded boxes, or there weren't a lot of times where the, the Cowboys had the numbers advantage on some of these runs. No, you're absolutely right about that, Bob. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I, I, I do believe they figured out that they could run the ball going to the Cowboys' right, and that would be the Tampa Bay left. And it was really simplistic when you talk about down blocks, pulling guys around the down blocks. You know, they were able to hook, whether it was Armstrong, Sam Williams was over there. Uh, you know, they were able to bash him. They were able to, to capture the edge pretty quickly. And then once they captured the edge, it put big bodies in space and you mentioned Diggs. Diggs wanted nothing to do with run support last night. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like that every time that the Buccaneers had a big run coming out of the gate, it was to Diggs' side. Again, I'll check the, the video, the All-22, and see where we're at. But I, I just felt like that, man, they, they targeted Diggs knowing that he was not going to step up. You know, we've seen in the training camp, and the preseason games, it seems like ages ago, but we saw where guys like Wakwamu, uh, you know, Deshaun Wright, Bland, those guys, when it was backups, first backups, those guys were stepping up and making tackles right there near the line of scrimmage. One, two, three yard gains, you know, not seven, eight, 17, you know, we didn't see those, those types of runs. And I, I do feel like, Probably because the you know Tom Brady didn't have to be Tom Brady the hero last night because they were able to run the ball well enough. And when Tom Brady, I thought there was a lot of with Dan Quinn. I don't know if Dan Quinn necessarily had his best day either. Sure, he just a lot of you know the, the coverage was you know 
just not there. And and I, I was one of the guys that really believed that the Cowboys secondary, whether it was Lewis, Brown, Diggs, we were going to show up and cover. And it just seemed like there was a lot of free access and routes from my press box seat. It just seemed like the Bucks were able to get into the routes. And then Brady just is going to – he threw the ball well last night, you know, and, and making making you pay for your coverage or your lack of coverage that you had. But, man, it was clear that the Bucks had a plan running the football. And a lot of it really might not have been just the inside stuff they really couldn't get going. There were some of the better stops that they were able to – Cowboys were able to make in the running game were run in the middle of that line. I'm not saying that Quentin Bohanna was great by any means, you know, but they, 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 it seemed like inside runs were a little bit tougher for the Bucks. but they knew if they could get the ball on the edge, whether it was the jet sweeps, I mean, Julio Jones on jet sweeps. Yeah, turning back the clock. Turning back the clock for sure. And so they had a clear plan of how they wanted to attack the edge. And a lot of it was taking the ball right at digs and taking the ball at uh, the, the the right defensive end uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, whoever that was in the lineup. You know, it, it's interesting you say, you know, you'll go back and look at the tape, but you feel like you're going to see, you know, oh, running it to that it. left yeah. side. Eight, so it. so it made me go look. I, uh, thanks to NFL game stats and uh, information, uh, I went and go, uh, I went and looked it up. So running to the left side yesterday. Eight, Would that be the left side of the their the left the side of the in, left side of the Buccaneers, Buccaneers formation. Buccaneers. Okay, uh, yeah. eighteen carries, a hundred yards, and to the right side, it was fifteen carries for fifty-two. Yeah. So you're talking about you doubled it up. They ran eight plays to left end, Brian. They averaged nine yards per carry. Yeah, just yeah. torched Dallas on that side. And you know, I thought you know there were. I think on the very first drive, Dorrance Armstrong had a nice play where, you know, he was able to shed his blocker and make yeah. a wrap-up tackle. That same first drive we saw on the other side, Demarcus Lawrence just, you know, had a really nice inside move, put Shaq Mason on the ground, a really good guard in Shaq Mason, and, and made yeah. a big stop on third and one. And I'll say it was it was nice to see the defense, as much as there were some issues at times, it was nice to see the defense step up and lock down when, when things got, you know, when things got tight, they they held them to field goals. Micah Parsons came up with two huge sacks on third down in this game. Back when we we thought the the game was still within reach, um, but the defense I thought overall, you know, not their best performance. I think you're right, not Dan Quinn's best performance, but you can at least see the flashes of what that unit can be and what kind of ability they have. And I think all that's encouraging. How, how did you feel just first glance? Um, I don't think it stood out as, as some sort of, uh, you know, all-world performance, but I thought at first glance, Leighton Vander Esch looked like he played pretty well at linebacker. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Matter of fact, I was uh, in the parking lot, just matter of fact, a few hours ago, yeah. you know, talk, talking to, um, you know, talking to uh, other writers who cover the beat, and we were all trying to, you know, talk about guys that, you know, and, and Leighton Vander Esch was a guy that a couple of us brought up that, you know, Felt like he played really played well. A couple of times he got you know c- collected in some blocks and stuff like that. But overall, I mean the the numbers say that that the tackles and things were there. I mean Leighton Vanderish, it's so strange about him. Some of his best games have been when the Cowboys have lost. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean it's weird how he comes up with double digit tackles when the Cowboys lose, and you know that's unfortunate for him. Um, 
you know, we, we, Micah Parsons, I, I thought they were a little late to adjust in this football game um, with where they rushed Micah Parsons. And, you know, I had the plan about trying to attack the middle and eye level and stuff like that. Um, you know, he was rushing off the, you know, it, it seemed like they had him against Tristan Wirfs. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Early in that game, he yep. had no success, and then all of a sudden, Smith gets knocked out with an injury uh, on one of the sacks. And you're now you're like going, well, just put him over there, just find the weakest guy. And yep. I, I don't, don't know. It, I, I think it was a little late to find the weakest guy. That's what I would do with Micah Parsons every single time. Find the weakest guy and have that matchup if you can somehow, some way, create it. Maybe easier said than done uh, with the Cowboys at this point, but and I, I just felt like that. You know, Micah Parsons probably saved you ten points. They, you know, the Bucks are probably yeah. going to score a touchdown on one of his sacks. Uh, they missed the field goal. You know, I mean, it just shows you what they're capable of doing right there. And it's a hard quarterback to play. We all know Tom Brady. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play this sure. game, but. You also you you have to. I mean, he was just he just was ordinary Tom last night. It wasn't any magical, you know. It felt like when it was twelve to three, it felt like the Cowboys were. It might as well have been a hundred to three. Yeah. It just you know offensively any you know even when they got the turnover, you know they get the interception near midfield and they just don't even move the ball at all. And you're like going, well, this and it's such a it's such a it was such a change or. Slap in the face, if you want to say, from what they did, you know, first drive. It's just, you know, tick, 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 and, you know, and, and, you know, they over tried to, they over tried to sell the whole thing and not sell or use, uh, you know, Pollard and the double reverse thing and all that. Yeah. The Wildcat. The Wildcat. And, you know, I mean, I think there were the first two carries he had the game, it was minus nine, you know, on on the yard. So, you know, killing, we, complain about it and, you know and, and I know we're talking defense but I just want to say one more thing about Pollard you know one of the sacks that was given up was Pollard got overpowered at the point of attack yeah and, almost and, and Dak barely got the ball out on another where Shaquille yeah, Barrett blew him up yeah and see that's and you know people go well why is why does not why does Pollard not play all the time Pollard is a tremendous player but I don't know if Pollard is that every down player that we think he might be. And that, that's that's the example when you wanna when you wanna say Pollard needs to play more, well, where do you need to play Pollard? Okay, so I, again I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around. No, 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 you're good. Thoughts in my thoughts in my head about, you know, either defensive thoughts that look bad, whether it's run game point of attack stuff or blitz pickup with a guy that it's it struggles with blitz pickup and, and gets your quarterback sacked. Let's let's talk more about that offensive side. But before we totally get into that, well, I mean, this this can blend, I guess. Uh, penalties were still an issue last night. Uh, they were. Cowboys have 10 for 73, and you get four of those alone from Terrence Steele, uh, who I thought wasn't bad in terms of his 
his actual play. Like, like, like I think he did okay. There were times where, where he got beat. But I think overall, the, I thought the line held up pretty well yeah. for the most part, actually. They at least gave him a chance. I know she, it got worse into the second half, and Shaquille Barrett started wrecking shop there a little bit. But, you know, I, I thought that the offensive line as a whole did a pretty nice job. Uh, but those those penalties from Terrence Steele, Brian, Terrence had three false start penalties in the first three quarters last night. He had three false start penalties in 2021. So he's now equaled his entire total from last season. Um, struggle there with the with the penalties as a whole for the offense. Um, another thing that stands out, and, and somebody who I think because Dak struggled and some of the other things is getting a little bit of a free pass so far in some of the conversations you're hearing. Um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but, man, I thought CeeDee Lamb didn't help. CD no. Lamb, Lamb did not step up the way they wanted him to. No, he really didn't. Uh, you know, if you want to point your finger at the quarterback, if you want to point your finger, me personally, I, I, I felt like that going into this thing that Terrence Steele was a, an area of concern for me. And I'm not going to say, you know, the penalties didn't help. And I'm sure when we watch the All-22, there's some fine things with Terrence Steele playing tackle. Um, you know, and, and and tip of the cap to Farniak coming in very early in that game, that left side, two young guys, you know, with him and Smith, I, I thought they held up really, really well for the most part. You mentioned at the end of the game and it just became Dallas having to throw the ball to get back in it. And it's, you know, it's Cooper, uh, it's Cooper Rush throwing it. It, it you know, it was problematic there. But, um, yeah, it was with CeeDee Lamb, I felt like, though, there were times when he was open and Dak didn't get him the ball. And then there were times where, you know, you've got to you've got to find a way to make a play or two along the way and help. Um, You know, it it it's I don't know if I could say it's receiver by committee look because receiver by committee look didn't have a CD lamb playing. No, it didn't. Know? And 2018 and, they didn't have anybody as good as Yeah, CD. and I and I I I just I put so much on the quarterback and I put so much on CD lamb. I really really do because I feel like that CD lamb, I, mean, I mentioned Cooper Cup earlier by just pure accident, but I believe in my heart when I watched CD lamb play at Oklahoma, he was Cooper Cup, the way that he ran routes and the way he caught the ball and but you know what? He got the ball a lot of times in front of him and on the move and able to, you know, make people miss and all that. And there were a couple times last night where the ball needed to be in front and he could have made people miss. And, you know, but, you know, to have 11 targets and only come up with two catches, there's there's a disconnect there. And it, whether it's him, the quarterback, you know, you just can't, you can't go in there, you, you know, you can't have Dennis Houston having targets and having better success than you. You just you just can't have that, and and that's what it turned into last night. Uh, before we uh, wrap up this segment, and we're going to transition, we're going to finish with some positivity. Talk about some of the, the the positives that we did see in this game. Some things we can build on. Again, on the CD Lamb thing, less about his play. How did you feel about some of the body language and the way he, that he carried himself? Never he, looked, good. he looked a little out of it. Yeah, it's never good when you know with these receivers, and I think he understands that it doesn't help because you notice that people like myself are you know sitting there and the 
you're, you're in your seat. I'm in my seat. And we're watching, and then you know we have the glasses on him. Balls thrown behind him, or balls thrown way over his head, or you know, and, he, and he's you could tell he's just like, bro, you got to help me here. And you know, but then the quarterback's got to look at him and say, bro, you got to help me too. Can't you get know? an OPI and, on a twenty yard. Yeah, game. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can't be pushing off. You got to use your skill to drive off, come back to the ball and all that. And, you know, that was a problem. And so, yeah, his body language, you can tell the receivers that have rolled through here, we could all, we could all read the body language. You can even go back to Michael Irvin when things sure. were not great. Body language was bad there. Receivers are the easiest position in the world to read body language on because you know, they're the ones that when the when it's not there, you see them walking back to the huddle or jogging back to the huddle, and it's just not – doesn't look like it's a, got a little bounce to that step as we've seen before. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.